second touchdown run of the game for Chris Schlepp-Strebler. It is week five in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly, delivered by Domino's across the TSN radio network. Coming at you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. I'm Andy McNamara. Big show for you today, folks. Big show. Of course, you can follow along on Twitter at AndyMC81. Watch in studio behind the scenes on twitch.tv slash Live On today's program... In about 10 minutes, we're going to be chatting with Chris O'Leary, senior writer from CFL.ca. We're going to go over, well, you heard off the top, the Argonauts, winless. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the only undefeated team. The BC Lions, we're going to swing across storylines from around the league. And also, very interesting and eye-opening article that Chris wrote on Mike Riley coming open and opening up about his mental health issues. So we'll get into that from Mike Riley after that. Go behind the helmet with one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the CFL from the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Jeremiah Masoli. We go get to know him a little bit better. And then CFL Fantasy, one of the most popular segments on the show. Some tips for your DraftKings contests, for your TSN.ca CFL contest, whatever, your, your league, whatever the case might be, with my guy Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. So got you covered. And Folks, as you know, as I said, we're delivered by Domino's. So go get yourself a large four-topping pizza for $12.99. It's hot outside. Don't turn on the oven. Don't turn on the stovetop. Go get yourself a delicious Domino's pizza. Check out all the deals at dominoes.ca. That is dominoes.ca. Okay, let's get to the news and notes from around the league in three downs. Let's kick it off. First down. Well, how about this? Winnipeg Blue Bombers got a scare last week in their win over Ottawa when quarterback Matt Nichols, who said, hey, I want to be more mobile. Well, that comes with a risk, including a headshot. He left the game for concussion protocol. TSN Sarah Orlevsky has an update on Nichols and a couple of other nicked-up Blue Bombers. And it sounds like the Bombers survived the scares. We are joined by our Sarah Orleski. Uh, now all signs point to Nichols starting this Friday. But do you think we'll see maybe a more cautious approach going forward with him? Well, Kelsey, you could say more cautious. You could also say smarter. Look, Matt Nichols say himself, he needed to slide earlier on that play. He knows that he can't be taking unnecessary hits. Matt Nichols wants to bring more mobility back into his game this season. It's something that he has spoken about that he really worked on in the offseason again to incorporate. So he wants to be able to move the chains, but he knows that he can't be taking unnecessary hits. And so if the situation presents itself it, again, I expect him to slide earlier than what we saw last Friday. Okay. Now, Nichols isn't the only one getting over an injury. Sarah, what's the latest on the health for the rest of this team? Well, there's two players in particular that everyone will be keeping an eye on. That's Adam Big Hill and Chris Matthews. Big Hill didn't play last week. He was watching Monday's practice, but Mike O'Shea did say that right now he believes that he will be available for Friday's game against Toronto. Not the same situation for Chris Matthews, who was injured last week, suffered an injury to his left hand. He did not practice on Monday, and Mike O'Shea believes that he will miss at least the next week. So there you go, a little update on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but primarily Matt Nichols is okay, and then of course... Getting the big dog, Adam Big Hill, back is important. Does not get any easier for the Argos, folks. My goodness. Winless going in to Winnipeg. So that is, that is not ideal. Let's move on. Second down. Now, you know we love ourselves some rankings here on CFL Weekly. It's a passing league, as we know. So having a shutdown corner or two is vital 
on any defense. Here's the CFL on TSN's panel on top shutdown cornerback rankings. Rod Smith leads it all off. Top shutdown corners for 7-11 player rankings. Delvin Bro, Tommy Campbell, Jonathan Rose, Trey Roberson, Nick Marshall, Winston Rose, and Gary Peters. Let's go to the resident corner now to see if he likes that list. Uh, Davis Sanchez along with Matt Dunnigan and Mike Benavides. Chess? Slurpy Boy got the best guys in the league on the outside on this list. But let, let's lay it out like this, okay? Wide receivers, they get a 15, 10-yard running start, okay? Then, as DBs, we're not allowed to touch them at all after five yards. And then, if we do have good coverage by chance, now they can go to their PVRs and chuck a hanky, check the PVR, and bring it back. So, <laughs> Slurpy boy, reality is, Darrell Revis, Champ Bailey couldn't be locked down corners with, this, with these rules in this league, unfortunately. You made this a rant about the rules. But, Just, wow. do, do you but like those the guys, are, I do like the list, though. I do like the list. Those are those are some of the best for sure. Okay. Yeah, but I, I think that Davis is is just simply conveying a thought process that is shared by a lot of DBs because offensive rules in this game certainly make it difficult on those guys. And oftentimes, you know, you, we think of shutdown corners to the boundary, and, and uh, most of these guys are most of them on the list. But it's one guy that I've got a problem with, Slurpy Boy, and that's not on that list, and it's Chris Randall. He start he's he's had a bit of a rough start, but it's not where you start; it's where you finish. And I think he deserves to be on that list because he can get it done. And we're seeing some guys being exploited this year in some one-on-one opportunities because it's just pitch and catch when you get them in that position. Well, I just want to know, Slurpy Boy, what the hell are you drinking, man? What's up with this list? I don't know what you're drinking. I really don't. But, you know, when I look at this, I think Gary Peters can move up, but definitely Trey Roberson in the year he's had so far could jump up. There you go, CFL and TSN panel about the top corner back rankings which is key especially in a year where man strange year so far as far as quarterback movement backups coming in you think Cody Fajardo might be the guy he gets blown up Dominic Davis who we had on behind the helmet off the bye look dynamite he got figured out and Nick Arbuckle huh how about old Nick Arbuckle that brings us to third down third down and we're going to begin there with a lot that went went on in week four. CFL and TSN panel led by Rod Smith. They go over Nick Arbuckle. What was more impressive, Arbuckle and the Calgary offense or their defense as well as the epic night Montreal running back William Standback had? Bring it in, bring it in. Time for our weekly huddle up talking about week four with Matt Dunnigan, Davis Sanchez, and Mike Benavides, who gets the bottom square. You got to work your way up, Benny. You know, this is the first week back. Topic one. There you go. Well, they all are, aren't they? Uh, Calgary Stampeders, not smelly at all. Great performance in Saskatchewan. What impressed you more, Matty? Nick Arbuckle or the Calgary defense? It was Arbuckle. Why? Because he got you more than a yard. In fact, he was 19, <laughs> uh, 22 for 262 yards and two touchdowns, no turnovers. He started fast. It set the tone for that football game. The Calgary Stampeders never looked no, back. No, 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 Manny, Manny, Manny. You got to go defense. That Calgary Stampeder da- defense stood up. Mm-hmm. Ten points against. You got five Arbuckle sacks, three turnovers, a pick six. And, I mean, that know. defense stood out. They have, I think, Ten new, nine or ten new starters on the defensive side of the ball. After this week, that group, Brent Munson, Corey Mace, Josh Bell, the assistants from last week, they're going to be fourth in the league in total defense with all those losses. Great job by them. All right, Chessie. How about Montreal running back William Standback? Describe Ooh. his performance on Thursday night against Hamilton. It was... Ah, uh, that one run was the nicest run I've seen in my whole life. Jumped out, got outside, jumped over a guy. He's pretty impressive for a big fella. I'll say it's inspiring. 
dominant and timely. That Montreal football team needed that in a big way. One word, legendary. That whoa, game whoa, you had whoa, was unbelievable. Whoa, whoa. 21 years legendary. since a play, a game like that by a running okay. back in Montreal. And Mike they've had P. a great That's good call, Benny. That's great. a good legendary. call. Well, I'll tell you what, the guy before, Mike Pringle back in 98, the last one to do it, he was certainly legendary as well. How about this, Benny? What happens first? A Winnipeg Blue Bomber loss or a Toronto Argonauts win? Bomber loss. That's yeah, it? I, 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 you know, I, gotta, I, I don't see it happening for the Toronto Argonauts right now very soon. So I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think they're, they're playing with yeah. fire. They're just doing enough to win. They're not playing their best ball, but they're still winning. But I think they're playing with fire. Argo's schedule is real tough. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go I'm gonna go. Bombers loss is going to happen first. It's not going to happen for a few weeks, but I'm yeah, going Bombers hey. loss about three weeks, four weeks maybe. But uh, it's tough, hey, tough couldn't agree sledding. More. Davis, what Winnipeg, 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 Calgary, Edmonton, that's a uh, tough sled for the Toronto Argonauts moving forward. I agree with you. Of course it could happen oh, on the same Eddie. night. Could happen in the same night uh, because Toronto's at Winnipeg, but uh, not considered likely the way it's going for both teams right now. There you go, the CFL on TSN panel covering a lot of areas. How about Nick Arbuckle? And that was the question I had coming in was to that week. Was, okay, Nick Arbuckle... Came in relief of Bo Levi Mitchell, went nine for nine. Great performance. But either if it's the NFL, CFL, whatever, college, if you come in during a game, totally different animal than when you start. Because if you're a starter, the other team knows you're coming. And mentally, you know you're the starter. Sometimes I've heard it. There's an example Brandon Whedon, for, uh, when he was playing a little bit in the NFL, um, he would come in and say, hey, you know what? When I came in in relief, you'd always look at him. When he came in in relief, he was great. He said he didn't have time to think and reactionary. So I wanted to see what Nick Arbuckle did, and man, he, uh, he showed up, and he showed out. The Shaw CFL top performers of the week, William Stanbeck, as you heard there. <laughs> we'll talk to Ben Kramer uh, from Daily Roto and CFL.ca about his CFL fantasy relevance for this week. Do you chase him? That's always the, the issue, right? Guy comes out. Do you chase or do you hold back? Also, Trey Robertson and Mike Miller are the CFL top performers of the week. We're going to step aside after the break. Chris O'Leary, senior writer from CFL.ca. We're going to talk Argonauts. We'll talk Mike Riley, who came out. Chris wrote a great story with Mike about coming out about his mental health issues and how he was dealing with it and storylines from across the CFL. Jeremiah Masolian behind the helmet from the Hamilton Tiger Cats coming up a little bit later as well. That is all on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back to CFL Weekly, Canada-wide on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara, coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. On Twitter, at AndyMC81. You can watch behind the scenes on twitch.tv slash Live. Jump in the chat room there. We are delivered by Domino's. And make sure you try those side dishes 
as well with your pizza. Maybe it's a large four-topping pizza for $12.99. Add in some boneless chicken. How about the cheesy bread, folks? Come on now. I know you've had the cheesy bread. If you haven't, get the cheesy bread. And for dessert, the marbled cookie brownie. I've been telling you for years about the marbled cookie brownie. Domino's.ca. Check it all out at domino's.ca. Still to come in the show, I go behind the helmet. Get to know Jeremiah Masoli, quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and some CFL fantasy tips with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto. But first, let's go to Chris O'Leary. Chat with him a little bit earlier, senior writer from CFL.ca. And we swung around a whole bunch of topics. Chris, let's start with one of your articles on CFL.ca, and it is all the stamps do is win no matter what. And boy, <laughs> right? You lose Bo Levi Mitchell, in comes Nick Arbuckle, and we're thinking, okay, you know, nine for nine the previous week in relief, but we know it's a totally different animal when you have to prep for a game and teams know you're coming. And yeah. as the title says, all the stamps do is win despite all of the, the losses. They go out in Saskatchewan and shut them down 37 to 10. That's pretty darn impressive. It's, it's, it's impressive. And I think in a way, if you look at it just in a week to week, week basis, like I had been, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect much. I picked Saskatchewan to win that game. They played well the week before. And, uh, you know, you just, for me, I didn't know anything about uh, Nick Arbuckle. And, uh, you know, I think he had 25 passes thrown, uh, you know, going into this, into this game in his career over the last two seasons with Calgary. And uh, really, though, I mean, and that's kind of what I said in my story, is that we, we kind of do this to some extent every offseason. We keep thinking, you know, there's no way Calgary's going to be as good as they were last year. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've lost players to the NFL. They'll, they'll lose other players to other CFL teams through free agency. They'll lose, uh, you know, coaches, coordinators to, to other teams in the league that, and take over head coaching jobs. So you keep thinking this has to be the year that's a, that it's a down year. And I mean, they're only two and one, but they, um, just I think over the last two weeks kind of look like that same old Calgary team that we sort of underestimate in January and then sort of by July and August, we're like, Oh yeah, of course they're Calgary. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're they always kind of do this. And uh, it, it's, it's just, yeah, it's kind of incredible to, to watch. And yeah, our, our buckle was surprising, but then when you kind of step back and look at it, you think, no, of course, right. I mean, Calgary just seems to always have an answer and they always have a guy regardless of position. I mean, that, that's a team that's never really struggled at quarterback over the last 10 years. You know, they've, they've always right. had somebody there that's, that's been, probably better than average to great, right? And, uh, yeah, just uh, a, a remarkable uh, franchise and just the, that system of development. I, I just I don't think any other team in the league can compare to that. Well, Chris, it's so interesting, the quarterback movement, not just this offseason, but due to injury in season here. And it, mm-hmm. you have a whole bunch of different storylines because, okay, you had Nick Arbuckle, the 9-for-9, nine nine, and then uh, do a great job and, and getting that victory. But going into this past weekend, it was, okay, Oh, Dominique Davis going into that bye week. He was a stud. He got shut down. Cody Fajardo, I coined him Air Fajardo. He got shut mm-hmm. down. So it's you kind of have these these new quarterbacks that are trying to crack that ceiling, trying to break through to the next level, and then they come back down to earth. It's a very interesting time quarterback-wise in the CFL compared to previous years, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And you know, I feel like every team probably gets tested. It seems like every team except for the ones with Mike Riley on them right. <laughs> get tested at quarterback throughout a season. But, yeah, you're right. Just just to have it happen in, in the first month, uh, to, to lose so many starting quarterbacks and just to see so many – Young guys, but you know, like you said, I think you're right. Um, you, you see kind of flashes of brilliance from these guys, and then uh, you know, it, there's always that caveat. It's kind of, and I, and I think I said that about Arbuckle in the story I wrote last night as well. Is you know, these guys are all young quarterbacks, and you know, they, they you know, and, and could have very bright futures in the league. But the adversity, I think, is going to 
inevitably catch up to them uh, almost on a week-to-week basis, right? It's just, it's, like, it's so tough. It's such a tough position to learn. And, uh, you know, some of these guys are 25, 26 years old, uh, you know, when most quarterbacks don't really find success until their late 20s or even their early mm-hmm. 30s in the CFL. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think when you've got a young backup in there, especially one without a ton of experience, that, that's what you're going to see, right? You'll see bursts of good and then uh, – you know, kind of like you said, reality kind of comes back in and we'll kind of drag them down week to week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, probably a blessing for a lot of the teams that they're kind of all going through this at the same time. They're, they're kind of relieved right. that they're maybe not going to fall back in, in the herd where, you know, you'll get the West last year where it was so tight and competitive. Uh, you know, Calgary, Saskatchewan kind of going through their issues. They kind of, I think, have a little bit of room in BC trying to find its stride with all its new players. It's still kind of open. It doesn't feel like a, a, a kind of a death sentence, I think, that it might have been last year if this had happened early. In conversation with Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca on Twitter, at O'Leary Chris. Let's talk about this week's matchup involving the Toronto Argonauts here, Chris. And we got um, the only undefeated team in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers hosting the only winless team in the Toronto Argonauts. They lost by a rouge last week, right? Uh, If we look at the Toronto Argos and you got the quarterback bouncing already, Franklin uh, versus mm-hmm. McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, and, and it's just we know when you see that if you got two quarterbacks, you usually don't have any. Um, Darrell Walker too, like just not being targeted. It just seems like a total mess. What have you been able to make of the Argos so far? And is there any hope? Um, it's it's been tough, and I mean, especially those first two games. Um, you know, I I didn't see a lot to be <laughs> to be optimistic about, but um, you know, I, I think the way they played against BC, I mean, still incredibly sloppy. Just the right. The, the execution on the, on the last drive uh, from the kickoff to just the, the handling of the, the missed field goal. Uh, you, you, you saw it, it costs you games. If, if you don't execute, it will cost you games. Um, you know, I, I think at least with the loss to BC, I mean, those kind of, <laughs> those kind of horrible miscues aside, I think, you know, you go back and you watch the film, you can find positives to build off of finally. Because I, I, to me, and I know Corey Chase, Anyone said otherwise, uh, talking to him leading into that, that game against BC, he said, said he had seen positives in those uh, other games, but I didn't see any. It, it, to me, it was really hard to, <laughs> to kind of glean something good out of those those two losses. But uh, at least with the BC one, I mean, I think defensively they played much better. They tackled, um, you know, they got to the quarterback. They, you know, they went through those first two games without a sack, which, you know, is just, <laughs> it's, it's a recipe for disaster mm. in, in any league. But, um, you know, they started getting to the quarterback, started getting pressure on him, got some uh, you know, Courtney was talked a lot about acknowledging that they're kind of behind and and just trying to make strides each week to catch up and, and kind of be competitive. And I, I think he saw some of that. And you know, I think some of that's on BC too. That they're they're still finding their way as a team. A lot of new faces there. But um, you know, you got to kind of put that aside if you're Toronto and take whatever positive you can find. At least there were some in that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not going to get any easier. They're uh, they're up against Winnipeg, uh, you know, who's, who's just so so tough right now. Uh, to me, the, the best team in the league, and uh, you know, I, I think looking at their schedule the next uh, four or five weeks, it, it, there's really no let up. I think it's a very West heavy schedule. Uh, just going off the top of my head, uh, yeah, Calgary. It's, it's week not going to be easy, and you know, they, they. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Calgary in week six for the Argos. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have to step up their game. It's not. Gonna, it's not going to come to them. They've got to go out and, and perform and do it. And uh, they're still in tough. But, I mean, I, I think they should be at least mentally in a, in a better place than they were the previous two weeks. Well, I guess the thing is, too, Chris, at least this week and probably into next week as well, there's no 
external pressure on the Argos. Everyone's writing them off, right? They're the underdog. Yeah. So they can, although you're still trying to figure stuff out and you obviously want to get that first win because if that drags on too long, then that really becomes an issue, being a Browns fan. Mm. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> those, those can can pile up on you. But for the Argos, they can be a little bit looser. Go in. It's like, listen, man, no one expects us to win. And like we saw with the Montreal Alouettes last week against Hamilton, yeah. anything can happen. You can bounce up and surprise the club. So maybe that will work in, in Toronto's favor. I think so. And, and I mean, there's that. And that, that can kind of galvanize the room too, right? If you, if you want sure. to go with that us against the world thing. And, uh, and I think also what might help them too is um, just getting out on the road and just getting a change of scenery and uh, just kind of being forced to spend more time together. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes that kind of jars a team out of a, a, a funk or, or if, if they're in one. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the opportunity is there. And, and you're right. I, th- I think there, there's uh, outwardly, I think there are no high expectations on this team mm-hmm. at this point. So it's kind of up to them to uh, to prove otherwise. But I think Montreal is a good example of that, right? I mean, I think so many people have written Montreal off uh, for so long. And, uh, you know, just to, for, for them to get the win that they did, I mean, it, it you know, if you're at Argo and you're watching that game, you, you know, you'd think you can turn it around quickly. You can, you can kind of reestablish yourself in a matter of one game or one week and kind of right. build from there. In conversation with Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca, you mentioned Mike Riley and the VC Lions. Chris, what the heck is going on? Because it's supposed to be Mike Riley, right? Tear up the league with Edmonton, go yeah. to the Lions. It, it seemed automatic. It seemed okay. No problem. The Lions are going to contend for the West Division title. And the points aren't there. Uh, they, they squeak out with a rouge beating the Argos last week. Like, what do you feel is going on with the BC Lions who host the Edmonton Eskimos? And boy, with Trevor Harris overall this season, they've been looking pretty darn good. It almost looks, Chris, like it's yeah. system based rather than just quarterback based. Uh, very surprising start for the Lions and Mike Riley. Yeah, it's, uh, it's surprising. I think a lot of people wondered if it would, it would take some time to get the, the chemistry there with, with the offense. But, um, yeah, I don't think anybody expected the, uh, the kind of the, the stumbling that they've, they've had out of the gate here. Um, you know, you, you look back at the Calgary game, uh, I guess two weeks ago now, and that, that's one that, that sticks to me. I mean, they, if they manage to hang on and get that, and then they beat Toronto. It's you know they're they're in a much better spot, right? right they're two and one, right. and uh, you know and, and kind of all that the talk about what's going on with the Lions sort of disappears. But um, but no, even even in the win in Toronto, I mean it was almost you know they they kind of they literally did win and win despite themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, it's it's hard. And I was I was in that locker room after the game, and, and it was it was almost like um, like a cautious celebration in, in the room. I, mean, I think there were a lot of people that were happy. They were happy for uh, Tavon Claybrooks to get his first win. The team as a whole to get its first win. Uh, just so many, so many new faces there to kind of get that uh, that, fir- that first notch under the belt. But um, you know, I, th- I think they were very much aware that there was still a lot to correct. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't looked closely at the uh, the post game, but I mean, we, we were talking about the Argos and getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, that's the first time they've been able to do it this season. So I, I wonder if some of that's on that that BCO line. And you know, they were they were absolutely under siege when uh, they played the Eskimos. So you know, I, I think they need consistent offensive line play, and they certainly have the you know you look at that depth chart uh we were looking at it during that argos game and uh you know there's three three players on that line you know you, you need to get everything you can out of them you need to give mike riley his time uh to to, to operate and just to kind of let the offense flow um you know I, I think i look at the last two weeks and you see a lot of improvement from mike riley in terms of his numbers versus the, the season opener and uh so i think they're headed in the right direction but um again i mean being in the west there's there's very little room even with the injury situation the way it is they've, they've got ground to make up and uh you know they think they need to make it up in a hurry just to kind of ensure their spot in the in the 
seeding and for the, the playoff race, which is early to talk about. But, you know, I think in the, in the West, you've got to be thinking about that all the time. And Chris, let's leave on this note. Don't give too much away because it's a tremendous read on CFL.ca. Your story about Mike Riley opening up about his mental health. Just fascinating. It's on CFL.ca and it's pinned on your Twitter at O'Leary. Chris, but tell us a little bit about either how this story came about and, and chatting with Mike Riley about let's a, a, a sensitive issue and, and him opening up about yeah. his mental health. Yeah, and, and I mean, for, for any um, praise I've gotten, I've kind of deflected it to Mike. I, re- I really, all I had to do was kind of transcribe that story. And uh, but no, he was. Um, we we spoke in the spring. Um, Shaw has a top three players of the week uh, that we, we we hear about every Monday or Tuesday in in the CFL, and the top uh, point finishers for each season get uh, a combined fifty thousand dollars between them to donate to charity. So Mike was the first place finisher. He had twenty five grand to donate. And uh, it was just kind of a routine story. I mean, I, I do those stories every year at the start of the season. And uh, Mike had talked about donating to, I think it was called the Foundry in BC, which is, uh, focuses on mental health, wellness for um, young people. And just, just talking to him about that, and he kept kind of referencing how it was an issue that mattered to him, and there was a lot of stigma around it. And, you know, it had some of that stigma has come down in the last few years. But, um, you know, it still remained. It was something that he wanted to kind of do his part in and just kind of continuing to talk about that sort of led to him saying that he had stuff that he wanted to talk about that had gone on in his life. And uh, so I was able to get out to Vancouver uh, just after their last preseason game and sat down with Mike over a couple of days and just sort of went through everything that he had gone through. And, uh, you know, it was, he had said uh, it reminded him a lot of the, the Kevin Love uh, Players Tribune story from uh, last year, uh, just dealing with panic attacks and anxiety. And it was uh, for Mike, I think it was, it was just a really tough month of his life. Uh, just, just kind of hit him out of nowhere. Uh, he didn't know how to deal with it, what it was, um, you know, the severity of the panic attacks, you know, he, he was initially scared that it was going to kill him and, um, just didn't know how to go about seeking help because he was worried about that stigma. And, uh, it was, it was kind of fascinating to listen to and just, uh, you know, I had the chance to talk with his family about it, his, his wife, Emily, his dad, Pat, and it just, just to see kind of how it impacted an entire family. And I think it's, it's something that so many families go through. I, th- I feel like everybody uh, that's listening has, you know, either dealt with something themselves or has a family member or a close friend that's dealt with something. And, uh, you know, it, it sometimes like in the case of Mike, it's as simple as just reaching out and getting help. And, you know, I think he, once he did that, he was able to kind of address it and move on fairly quickly. And, you know, at the same time, there are other people who just kind of sit in silence. And, you know, I think having gone through that for a month, that really resonated with Mike and wanted to talk about it. And I think just using his platform right now, probably as one of the two most recognizable players in the league, uh, you know, hopefully I, I just, even in the, the week after the story has come out, it's just been an overwhelming response and just, you know, I've gotten DMS on Twitter, uh, emails, things like that from, uh, just from fans who say, pass this on to Mike, you know, this is what I've gone through. And, you know, talking to Mike before the game on the weekend, he just said he was flooded with the, the same sort of reaction. It's just, and his, his goal was to open up a conversation. And yeah, he, he definitely did that. It's, uh, it's been pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of happy to be uh, a part of it and kind of watch from the periphery now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been incredible. It's, uh, you know, to- it's, been, it's been very worthwhile and, and, and rewarding on my part. And I think, you know, tenfold for Mike. There he is, Chris O'Leary, senior writer from CFL.ca. Chatted with him a little bit earlier today. Great stuff. Make sure you do check out that article. We will come back. Behind the helmet I go with starting quarterback from the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Jeremiah Masoli. That's next on CFL Weekly. Back and rolling on CFL Weekly. 
Getting ready for week five in the Canadian Football League. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening across the TSN radio station network. If you missed any of the show, you can go back on your local TSN radio station website under the show section. You can also find us on iTunes. You can check out the tweets. I'll pin it up at AndyMC81 and Instagram at AndyMCSports. And, of course, you can watch live right here behind the scenes in the TSN 1050 Toronto studio on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Jump in the chat room there. But it's time to go behind the helmet. Get to know one of the most prolific passers in the last couple of years through for over 5,200 yards a season ago. Jeremiah Masoli of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I got a chance to catch up with him earlier today. Jeremiah, let's take a step back and look at how far you've come to passing for over 5,000 yards, 5,209 to be exact, last season, 28 touchdowns, and go back to 2015, where it looked like you were on on the bubble. You had, you had injuries. It was a, a time where you were waiting for your opportunity to prove you were a true starting quarterback in the league, and you've certainly done that over the last couple of years and off to a hot start this season. Take me back a little bit and, and, and think about how far you've come. Was there ever a time where you were almost ready to hang it up? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been a long time since then, but yeah, definitely we've uh, I've been grateful for my opportunity, man. You know, God's blessed me with uh, everything that's happened in my life, the good and the bad. It's just all helped me uh, to learn from my experiences and be where I'm at today. And that's what I mean, right? Like it it was a while ago, but now you've built each year the stats, the numbers, the wins. Tell me about how you feel about this year's team overall. Disappointing loss to the Alouettes in uh, in week four, but you're moving on and off to a really good start in the East. Yourself, this team, what's what the goal is obviously to win a championship, but how good do you feel about yourself in this season and this, this club overall? Well, I just think that, uh, you know, we, we've got a coaching staff in place that uh, – that number one takes care of their players. You know, Coach O's obviously been uh, been a heck of a player himself, so he kind of sees yeah. it from our perspective, and it's just awesome to have somebody that takes care of, takes good care of us uh, in that sense, and then also knows what it takes uh, from a coaching standpoint to prepare us, to put us in the best position to get us to win. And uh, you know, we're just excited. Obviously, we, we've had a decent start here, uh, but it's all about the finish. So uh, we're yeah. just focused on that and uh, taking it one week at a time. Now you said he knows how to take care of you guys. Is that rest days? Is that knowing when to push, when to uh, heal it in a little bit? What do you mean by by knowing how to take care of you? Yeah, all of that, man. Uh, he he just gets a sense from the team whether you know we might be tired one day. Uh, you know how to talk to us to pump us up to push through it, mm-hmm. or if uh, if it's whether take care of our legs. Uh, you know, not giving us as many reps. Uh, just little things like that goes a long way in a, in a long season. So obviously on the same team, the same core, but different different coaching staff, as you said. And June Jones did a great job there. But what have been some of the differences in that transition over to Orlando? Uh, just two different guys, two different philosophies. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a smooth transition, though. It, it honestly has been, uh, just because of the the guys we got coaching us and the guys that we got in the locker room. Right. You know, we got a lot of mature guys, a lot of a lot of. Uh, good leaders in the locker room and, and even the young guys, man, they, they know how to follow and, and they're uh, all about being a professional, learning what it takes to be a professional at this level. In conversation with Jeremiah Masoli here on CFL Weekly Behind the Helmet. Okay, Jeremiah, let's get the fans, get to know you a little bit, right? You're superstar in the league and all that, so tell me a little bit about your, uh, we're going to go about yourself, but also about 
your teammates. So you're coming into the building each day. Who is the best and worst dressed Hamilton Tie Cat this year? Who styles and who profiles and, and who just kind of grunges it up? <laughs> uh, best dressed, it'll probably be like a tie between Simone and Adrian Tracy. Oh, yeah. Man, those guys always got some kind of new outfit, new shoes, something like that. Always styling and profiling. Um, <laughs> and you're not going to give me... <laughs> to throw anybody under the bus. We don't have too many bad dressers on the team, honestly. So um, we're, we're all right in that department. Well, I saw some of the tie cats at the Queen's Plate, and uh, I, I'll back you on Simone, man. There was, like, pink pants, and it was a flat. It, whatever he wears, he just makes it work, right? Not everyone can pull that off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be able to. Pull that off. <laughs> so, Jeremiah, let's get to know know you a little bit more, man. Uh, as far as pregame meal, what's your go-to? And after a victory, what do you like to treat yourself with? Uh, pregame meal, uh, I like to keep it light, man. I'll, I'll probably have like a, a a baked sweet potato in the morning. Uh, kind of gives me my starches and, and keeps my energy going. And then maybe like a chicken soup or something like that before. And then um, afterwards, it's it's whatever the family wants, whatever my wife or the kids want to go eat. That's where we're going. <laughs> Is there a favorite? Like, if if you had your choice, would it be more of a steak, a pizza? What are you What are you thinking? Um, no, I don't really have a favorite post game meal, man. I, it's uh, it, any at that point in time, it, anything tastes good. Anything to fill your gut. I like it. I like it. Uh, now let's talk. Yeah. Let Let's talk fun here. You mentioned the family. Off season, if the Ticat organization came to you and said, Jeremiah, we appreciate you. Blank check. You're going anywhere on planet Earth. Where are you and the family headed? Um, that's a great question, right? man. Um, I'd probably go to like Thailand or uh, hmm. or some somewhere over there like that. Um, like Southeast Asia, maybe uh, check out that, that, that those places always uh, intrigue me. Right, it's Somewhere where it's a long flight so you don't have to pay for it, right? Yeah, exactly. Get it, get its use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you a car guy at all? Do you have a, a favorite uh, dream car? Do I have a what? Do you have a favorite dream car at all? If you, uh, are you a car guy? No. Um, I mean, I, I I like cars. I definitely like cars. Um, but that if I were to have a you know win the lottery and buy any car I wanted, I'd probably get the 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 Bentley SUV. Well, there you uh, go. <laughs> Yeah. It's big for the family and also stylish, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hand fast. Hand fast, yeah. So, Jeremiah, people are checking out your profile page on CFL.ca. says, born in San Francisco, California. So I got a couple of San Francisco and California questions for you to see. A little Uh trivia, okay? It, it's, All it's, right. it's a little tricky. I did not know the answer to these, but you know, may, maybe you do. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Number one, the official bird of San Francisco. If you knew San Francisco had an official bird, they do. What do you think it is? Um. Uh, probably <laughs> the seagull. <laughs> we got all kind of seagulls over there that are ruthless. So, ruthless. Uh, <laughs> what about the seagull? That is a quality guess. It is actually the California quail. California quail. Oh what wow! We're looking for yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. Apparently, it is. Uh, official. Good enough. Official flower of California. Um. <laughs> the sunflower? The sun- or, I like that one. I don't know. It's the golden poppy. 
Have you ever seen golden poppies out there? Apparently, there's there's uh, some in California. Uh, all right. I will do one Makes more for sense. you, and the answer is not football. Official sport of California. The official sport of California, not football. It's wa- official sport. Official sport. Uh, would that be baseball? No, I'll give you. It's water based. Water polo. Uh, surfing. That that counts oh as a sport. Oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> counts See, in Northern California. I mean, there are a lot of surfers up there, but it's not it's not as big as down there in Southern yeah. California. Yeah, not not quite as big. Not quite as big as all. Uh, okay, it covers it. You're Jeremiah Vasoli. Uh, let's finish up on a couple here. Um, if you are on Netflix or you're looking to binge some TV shows, some movies, what are you into right now, or what are some all-time faves for you? Uh, right now, um, I'm, we still catching up on the last season of Game of Thrones, so oh. we're still waiting to get disappointed with everybody else. <laughs> I'm on season one, Jeremiah. I'm I'm literally oh just starting. I have a long way to go. It's daunting. Yeah, you do. You know, it's uh, it's a bit much. Uh, what's a, what's <laughs> what's an all time movie or TV show for you? And we'll finish on that. Um. Movies, I'll give you two movies. The okay. Water Boys, a classic, obviously. Yes. And then uh, I was always into the Matrix trilogy. I, I, li- I like those kind of sci-fi movies. Get you out of reality. Get Neo, right? Yeah, do do the little Neo. bit there. I like it. Good stuff, man. Well, Jeremiah, great uh, getting the fans to get to know you a little bit more. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. There he goes, Jeremiah Masoli. Getting to know the Hamilton quarterback a little bit better and behind the helmet. Time for some business. CFL fantasy tips to win in your DraftKings contest or on your TSN.ca CFL contests. Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca joins me next to wrap up the show on CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. CFL Weekly, right here across the TSN Radio Network Canada-wide. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. You can watch behind the scenes right here in the TSN 1050 Toronto studio, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Click follow there, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Let's get to some CFL fantasy tips. Might be for your DraftKings CFL contest. We have our custom CFL Weekly leagues on DraftKings on TSN.ca, but we will get you set up right now. My guy, Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. Ben, how's it going, brother? Good talking to you, Andy. Absolutely, man. Hey, you know what? I I mentioned this off the top of the show. There's a there's a thing NFL CFL whatever people end up chasing players. You have a big week, you chase, maybe they fall off. There's no bigger chase than William Stanback of the Montreal Alouettes heading into Week Five, going into Ottawa. You buying on Stanback? How are you feeling there? You know what? I would feel a little bit more comfortable if his price was about a thousand dollars lower on DraftKings, but he went all the way up almost two thousand dollars this Woo! week from just under seven thousand to eighty seven hundred over there. 
on CFL.ca, he's always been priced up a fair bit. And this week, he went up over 9K for the first time. So that's a pretty hefty price to pay. He's probably the most efficient running back in the CFL at this point, whether as a rusher or a receiver. But I would highly doubt that he's going to see three touchdowns again on a weekly basis. And that's a big chunk of the scoring for him. So he's certainly an option up there with Andrew Harris in the running back position, priced very similarly. But Harris has a lot better matchup versus Toronto, whereas Ottawa isn't that terrible. Oh, and that's the thing, right? Now, let's go to, let's keep with the running backs here. And you look at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So we know Stanback could be solid, but as you said, maybe the price a little bit hefty. Boy, what are we doing about Sean Thomas Erlington going down for the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Went down early. He was in my lineup last week. So that. Yeah, that, he was that in one hurt. 60% of lineups oh. last week in the big contest, and there was a big zero for everybody there. Yeah. So at least we were all in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. But, so uh, where, yeah, where are we going? There's going to be a lot of injured running backs bringing cheap prices for a lot of running backs this week, whether it's Anthony Coombs, who might get the start again for Hamilton this week. He's only 4200 on DraftKings. Shaq Cooper is back off the injured list, and C.J. Gable hasn't been practicing so far, and Cooper's only 3600 on DraftKings. And then Kadeem Carey, who looked really good versus Saskatchewan, is still only 5600 on DraftKings, and they're all pretty near min price on CFL.ca contests. Shaq Cooper at 2500 Carey at 4,500, and then you actually have to see Coombs in the wide receiver position, but he's still only 38.90 over there. So there's a lot of cheap value plays that are probably going to get 15 or 20 touches this week that can round out rosters pretty easily and allow people to pay up for some of those bigger price stars. In conversation with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca, you can get him on Twitter at Benjamin, and we will tweet out our CFL Custom DraftKings League. So check out, make sure you're, you're following both of us to get the links to our CFL Weekly DraftKings.com League as well, and you can search on TSN.ca for our CFL Weekly League. All right. Let's go quarterback here, okay? We talked about this is such an interesting start to the season, Ben, for quarterbacks. Yet Mike Riley, the BC Lions winning by a rouge. Boy, I'm going to have to see more out of Riley before I'm popping 12K for him, man. I don't know. And then you got Trevor Harris. Is he going to bounce back against the BC Lions? Uh, Fajardo's on the bye. Dominique Davis, who flashed, came right that back down to earth. What are you looking at at quarterback? Yeah, this week I think Old Faithful is going to be – Jeremiah Mazzoli, he's coming in yeah. just under 11000 on DraftKings, and his price is up significantly more over on CFL TSN Fantasy as it usually is, up just over 12000 now. The matchup with Calgary obviously isn't very inviting, but if you're just looking for a solid floor to build from, he's going to be pretty easy money. Uh, the big question mark this week is Dominique Davis and whether he can turn it back around again. He gets the, munch- the matchup with Montreal, who's been giving away touchdowns just about three a game through the air so far. And Davis comes in at under 9K on DraftKings and only 6,000 on TSN Fantasy. And he comes out as the best value at quarterback right now, despite the fact there's a few other backups showing up, popping in projections too. But Davis is a guy who interests me a fair bit just because Montreal has been giving up scores at such a high rate, and that's really what makes a fantasy day or not. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, now, if we're looking at 
the defensive side here, of course, the uh, TSN CFL side gives you the option where you don't have to pick the defense if you choose not to. Uh, on DraftKings, it is a mandatory slot. So if we're looking at here, okay, let's look. BC, 3,200, the cheapest against Edmonton. I'm not loving that. You automatically get your ears perked up when you look at Winnipeg and Toronto. But that's $6,200. <laughs> it's a little Woo! ridiculous, right? Right? I don't think anybody is going that direction no. on TSN Fantasy. On DraftKings, it's a whole lot more affordable. They're in the mid-4,000s there, and they'll probably be the top-owned defense on the week, I would guess. So if we go Blue Bombers on DraftKings, who are we going on the TSN CFL game? Like, I'm thinking Ottawa? I think Ottawa's an option. Adams still gives up turnovers at above average rate. Hamilton has showed up well pretty much every week so far until this last week where they were the big chalk defense across both sites and they just failed everybody. Now put most people off them again. But anytime you've got a backup quarterback in there, as good as Arbuckle showed in this first start, it's still going to be an opportunity for defenses to create turnovers and make those young quarterbacks feel the pressure in the pocket. And if we're looking, let's get one more from you here. Uh, Wide receiver or flex? I'm targeting the Winnipeg-Toronto matchup just because, again, boy, until Toronto's D can show and and really the whole team that they can do much of anything, you got to keep attacking them. Uh, So where are we looking at for offense when it comes to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Are we looking Darvin Adams? He's he's almost 8,000 on the TSN game. Are we going somewhere else? What what are you thinking Blue Bomber-wise? Yeah, most of those Winnipeg receivers wind up overpriced because they don't get the volume that you'd expect. But this week, Matthews expects to be out of the lineup. And so that means Charles Nelson may well get some return duties as well as a number of targets in the passing game if he gets a start instead of Kenny Lawler. One of those two is going to be coming in cheap and have the opportunity to turn up big value. So Nelson at only 3200 on DraftKings certainly pops as an option with some special teams points and the option for some in the return game. And like we saw, Lucky Whitehead has big play potential. Even if he only gets three or four targets, any one of them could go for a touchdown, especially versus Toronto. So that's another one that's certainly an opportunity to spend in on Winnipeg. Dembski has been getting a couple of carries a game in the rushing attack and still gets his four or five targets a game. He's a little bit overpriced for my taste, but if you really want to go in on those Winnipeg stacks, those are three options that come in underpriced for what you could get with some of those more expensive Winnipeg receivers. Absolutely love it, my friend. Thank you so much. And again, keep track. Follow on Twitter at Benjamin. Ben will tweet out uh, our DraftKings.com and our TSN.ca, the links to our CFL Weekly Fantasy Games. So jump in that. Have some fun with us. Great stuff, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, great talking to you, Andy. Have a good one. All right, you too. Ben Kramer, Daily Roto, CFL.ca. What a fascinating year it's been fantasy-wise, especially at quarterback. So there you go. If you miss any of the show, make sure you can get it on iTunes, go back, or on any of the TSN radio station websites at your local one, just go to the show page section and scroll down. You get it there. And on Twitter, of course, at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. So that will do it, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the Week 5 games. We'll be back next week on CFL Weekly, delivered by Domino's.